episode 38. What? said Ron shortly. Your dad's in the paper, Weasley, said Malfoy, brandishing a copy of the Daily Prophet and speaking very loudly so that everyone in the packed entrance hall could hear. Listen to this. Further mistakes at the Ministry of Magic. It seems as though the Ministry of Magic's troubles are not yet at an end, writes Rita Skeeter, special correspondent. Recently under fire for its poor crowd control at the Quidditch World Cup, and still unable to account for the disappearance of one of its witches, the Ministry was plunged into fresh embarrassment yesterday by the antics of Arnold Weasley of the Misuse of Muggle Artifacts Office. Malfoy looked up. Imagine them not even getting his name right, Weasley. It's almost as though he's a complete non-entity, isn't it? He crowed. Everyone in the entrance hall was listening now. Malfoy straightened the paper with a flourish and read on. Arnold Weasley, who was charged with possession of a flying car two years ago, was yesterday involved with a tussle with several muggle lawkeepers policemen over a number of highly aggressive dustbins. Mr. Weasley appears to have rushed to the aid of Mad-Eye Modi, the aged ex-Auror who retired from the ministry when no longer able to tell the difference between a handshake and attempted murder. Unsurprisingly, Mr. Weasley found, upon arrival at Mr. Moody's heavily guarded house, that Mr. Moody had once again raised a false alarm. Mr. Weasley was forced to modify several memories before he could escape from the policemen, but refused to answer daily prophet questions about why he had involved the ministry in such an undignified and potentially embarrassing scene. And there's a picture, Weasley, said Malfoy flipping the paper over and holding it up. A picture of your parents outside their house, if you can call it a house. Your mother could do with losing a bit of weight, couldn't she? Ron was shaking with fury. Everyone was staring at him. Get stuffed, Malfoy, said Harry. Come on, Ron. Oh, yeah, you were staying with them this summer, weren't you, Potter? sneered Malfoy. So tell me, is his mother really that porky, or is it just the picture? You know your mother, Malfoy, said Harry. Both he and Hermione had grabbed the back of Ron's robes to stop him launching himself at Malfoy. That expression she's got, like she's got dung under her nose? Has she always looked like that, or is it just because you were with her? Malfoy's pale face went slightly pink. Don't you dare insult my mother, Potter. Keep your fat mouth shut, then, said Harry, turning away. Bang! Several people screamed. Harry felt something white-hot graze the side of his face. He plunged his hand into his robes for his wand, But before he'd even touched it, he heard a second loud bang and a roar which echoed through the entrance hall. Oh, no you don't, laddie. Harry spun around. 
Professor Moody was limping down the marble staircase. His wand was out, and it was pointing right at a pure white ferret, which was shivering on the stone-flagged floor, exactly where Malfoy had been standing. There was a terrified silence in the entrance hall. Nobody but Moody was moving a muscle. Moody turned to look at Harry. At least his normal eye was looking at Harry. The other one was pointing into the back of his head. Did he get you? Moody growled. His voice was low and gravelly. No, said Harry. Missed. Leave it, Moody shouted. Leave what? Harry said, bewildered. Not you. Him, Moody growled jerking his thumb over his shoulder at Crab, who had just frozen, about to pick up the white ferret. It seemed that Moody's rolling eye was magical and could see out of the back of his head. Moody started to limp toward Crab, Goyle, and the ferret, which gave a terrified squeak and took off, streaking toward the dungeons. I don't think so, roared Moody pointing his wand at the ferret again. It flew ten feet into the air, fell with a smack to the floor, and then bounced upward once more. I don't like people who attack when their opponent's back's turned, growled Moody, as the ferret bounced higher and higher, squealing in pain, stinking, cowardly, scummy thing to do. The ferret flew through the air, its legs and tail flailing helplessly. Never do that again, said Moody, speaking each word as the ferret hit the stone floor and bounced upward again. Professor Moody, said a shocked voice. Professor McGonagall was coming down the marble staircase with her arms full of books. Hello, Professor McGonagall said Moody, calmly, bouncing the ferret still higher. What? What are you doing? said Professor McGonagall, her eyes following the bouncing ferret's progress through the air. Teaching, said Moody. Teach? Moody, is that a student? shrieked Professor McGonagall, the books spilling out of her arms. Yep said Moody. No! cried Professor McGonagall, running down the stairs and pulling out her wand. A moment later, with a loud snapping noise, Draco Malfoy had reappeared, lying in a heap on the floor with his sleek blonde hair all over his now brilliantly pink face. He got to his feet, wincing. Moody! We never use transfiguration as a punishment, said Professor McGonagall. Surely Professor Dumbledore told you that. He might have mentioned it. Yeah, said Moody, scratching his chin unconcernedly. But I thought a good sharp shock. We give detentions, Moody, or speak to the offender's head of house. I'll do that then, said Moody, staring at Malfoy with great dislike. Malfoy whose pale eyes were still watering with pain and humiliation, looked malevolently up at Moody and muttered something in which the words, My father, were distinguishable. Oh, yeah, said Moody quietly, limping forward a few steps, the dull clunk of his wooden leg echoing around the hall. 
Well, I know your father of old, boy. You tell him Moody's keeping a close eye on his son. You tell him that from me. Now, your head of house'll be Snape, will it? Yes, said Malfoy resentfully. Another old friend, growled Moody. I've been looking forward to a chat with old Snape. Come on, you! And he seized Malfoy's upper arm and marched him off toward the dungeons. Professor McGonagall stared anxiously after them for a few moments, then waved her wand at her fallen books, causing them to soar up into the air and back into her arms. Don't talk to me, Ron said quietly to Harry and Hermione as they sat down at the Gryffindor table a few minutes later, surrounded by excited talk on all sides about what had just happened. Why not? said Hermione in surprise. Because I want to fix that in my memory forever, said Ron, his eyes closed and an uplifted expression on his face. Draco Malfoy, the amazing bouncing ferret. Harry and Hermione both laughed, and Hermione began doling beef casserole onto each of their plates. He could have really hurt Malfoy, though, she said. It was good, really, that Professor McGonagall stopped it. Hermione, said Ron furiously, his eyes snapping open again. You're ruining the best moment of my life. Hermione made an impatient noise and began to eat at top speed again. Don't tell me you're going back to the library this evening, said Harry, watching her. Got to, said Hermione thickly. Loads to do. But you told us, Professor Vector, it's not schoolwork, she said. Within five minutes, she had cleared her plate and departed.